Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host, Rich Polly, back for 2023. Joining me is Liam Baker. What? Oh, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like your use of the of the Birmingham dialect there. That's what you get for picking the fool first. I know. It took about five minutes to realise I was talking to him. Um, That's because you've messed up the system. He knows it's me first, then you. <laughs> then him, sorry. I just, whatever. I'm <laughs> just picking random names around. Let's go. Um, and also joining me, as you can hear, he can't wait to be introduced, Ben Hibbert. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd do a Liam for you. All right. Needs no introduction, Ben Hibbert. <laughs> You said, and you said I'd introduce the fool first. What's this? <laughs> dead air. Dead air. It's the f- best thing. So funny. <laughs> Everybody likes to listen to us not talking for three to five seconds at a time. That's I mean, what... People like you not talking. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That is. Oh, just, just a pause wouldn't go amiss. Do you know something? Um, <laughs> I stopped doing pause when I stopped being a bear. Hey. <laughs> I don't want to be alive anymore. Okay. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're going to move on before Liam gets too maudlin. He's tired and he wants to go to bed. He's he's bottled out of doing the the uh, the pairings for our Skyver Team Championship team tonight uh, after we record this um, because he's and I quote too tired to be awake. Um, it's actually, I'm too ill to be awake. Too ill to be awake. Okay, can't see that kind of thing. So it's all good. Um, so first thing we're going to talk about is the Kyber Team Championship event. So we've been waiting for it. We first mentioned it, I think, a little bit before Christmas. Um, oh, wait a minute. Actually, no, scratch that. First thing we're going to talk about is Happy New Year. First podcast after the New Year break. Um, We've had Christmas, we've had New Year, we've all gained about half a stone to a stone in weight. Um, probably signed up for a gym membership, not been to the gym yet, though, because we don't want to be one of those January people. Um, so let's go round the houses and say, Liam, what Star Wars related presents did you get for Christmas? <clears throat> Bear with me. Let me just turn around. <laughs> so I got a Death Star Star Wars maze. Okay. A Star Wars quiz top trumps. Right. Uh... So we're we're firmly in the our family and friends know us territory. Any old crap with a Star Wars logo on it'll do. Yeah, people know me. If it's got a Star Wars logo on, I'm completely sold. A client sinker. Yeah, seems good. Seems good. All right, Ben, can you remember what Star Wars stuff you got for Christmas, like about three weeks I ago? Actually, I actually got um, some storm, uh, Stormtrooper aftershave. Nice. <laughs> My mother-in-law um, thought it was actually shower gel until we opened it. <laughs> oh, you that... got those mugs as well, didn't you, off your mother-in-law? Oh, yeah, they were cool. That was, um, she just found them in the house. She she couldn't remember buying them for me. <laughs> so they could have been there for years. She does this all the time. So I'll probably these... get a few more presents in a couple of months that she's just found. She's like, oh, yeah, I bought these for you and Emma. So for, for the people that listen to us that aren't me, who's the only person who's seen them, <laughs> ben, ben got two, a pair of mugs that his mother-in-law gave him and said, happy Christmas. And he went, oh, mugs. And 
tossed them in the boot of his car, thinking that they'll be rubbish them because they're from my mother-in-law. And then one Tuesday night at Element, he forgot to bring his mug with him. And they do cheap tea if you use your own mug, right? Um, so he was like, oh, I've got them mugs in the boot. I'll fish one of them out. And it was a white mug with Death Star Canteen, do not remove, printed on it. And he was like, oh, I like that. And then looked at the other one and was like, oh, I've got two. <laughs> oh, this is mint. <laughs> Take a note to go and actually thank the mother-in-law for a really cool present. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> She's got me as a son-in-law. What more can she ask for? <laughs> so, no, no Lego for you two? No. I, to be honest, Ooh. I mostly got Did money. Did you get Lego? Uh, I got the Jewel and Mandalore Lego set. Okay. From Nikki Burnett as part of my Teen Squadron Secret Santa. Is that the Ahsoka Mall one, is it? Yeah, the good one. Yeah. Nice. Have you seen the trench run like diorama you can buy? Yeah, I have done. I really I want done. that. The other ones aren't that great, but that one looks really cool. My son got the Luke Skywalker and Dark mm. Troopers one, and that is a really cool set, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sold on the trench on diorama. I think it's. I don't like the X-wing. It's too oh, basic. I but um, I I got um, a Mandalorian helmet thing, so you can get this this helmet series. I got Luke Skywalker from a birthday, and I've got Mando as well. So they're up on my Lego shelf. Um, I've also spent a lot of the last few weeks looking at the new releases on Lego. So if you're short a Boba Fett minifigure for your minifigure collection for using an X-Wing as target locks or whatever. They're currently $9.99 in Sainsbury's with a, a, a miniature version of the of the Slave 1. Um, so it was Han Solo's Falcon two years ago and the Razorcrest last year. This year it's uh, Boba Fett Slave 1. So at some point I'll probably get one. Um, but yeah, if you want the minifigure, it's now really cheap instead of having to pay 80 quid um, for a for a slave one ship, um, to then not want to take the minifig out of it just in case you lose it because it's valuable. Um, but yeah, and uh, Freddie got a ton of uh, my son. Freddie got a ton of Lego, so he got the Inquisitors um, shuttle from Obi Wan. So he's now got minifigs for Fifth Brother, Third Sister, and the Grand Inquisitor, um, as well as another Obi Wan one. Um, and he's also got a bunch of clones and clone stuff and Mace Windu and all sorts of things. Like genuinely, he just disappeared for two days building Lego, and then reappeared again he just gave us a list of sets and we dispersed them around friends and family that buy him presents and he just got this pile of boxes and he just worked his way through them it was great we didn't see him for two days he <laughs> <laughs> just vanished came came in every so often asking me if, for help with a bit or telling me he couldn't find a piece and i was like it's there you just can't find it and because it's lego it's always there you just can't find it um I, I keep disappearing on this podcast as my little one's building lego right now <laughs> and he's helping well, eventually they stop doing that and then you get really sad because you're not buying Lego for yourself, but saying it's for them anymore. They actually just say, all right, cheers, and take it off and build it. I also I got Star Wars socks. I got Star Wars socks as well. This is important. <laughs> I bought a collection off someone whose kid like yours was into Star Wars, but he wasn't. And then... Um, decided to sell it all and I've bought it all. He, he wanted to sell it in bits. I was like, how much do you want for all of it? And he's like, oh, your kid's going to be so happy. I was like, yes, yes, my child's happy. This was before <laughs> I had a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Anyway, happy Christmas. Happy New Year as well, I suppose. 
as a 45-year-old father of two, I I stayed up until kind of 11 and then just was like, nah, I'm not going and went to sleep. Then got woken up because I live in Bolton, so the 12 o'clock till 12.30 period was like living in Aleppo. It was very, very noisy. <laughs> like genuinely all around the house, everywhere. You looked out a window, there were fireworks going off. It was ridiculous. So... Um, feel sorry for people with dogs, to be honest. But um, me, I was just being grumpy because it was keeping me awake. So, and Liam went to a house party and got lashed. Uh, I was Facebook. in my own house. Oh, was that your house? Was it? Yeah, we uh, we got people around. Everyone paid a tenner in, and we played bargain Wait. bingo. Okay, bargain bingo. <clears throat> yeah. Is is this? Uh, Appropriate for the podcast? This yeah. isn't some kind of weird 20 something sex game that you were all involved in, was it? No. We did all put the keys in the middle, though. Okay. It was, it was literally just bingo. Okay. So you all paid a tenner in and somebody left with a pile of money? Uh, no, we got prizes. So we got a <laughs> Pokeball cheese toasty maker, a Lynx Africa gift set. Nice. And a Nerf gun. Uh, uh, oil diffuser, some Himalayan salt rock, all right, shot glasses. We okay. just got a mix of stuff. Some oh, we got a framed picture of the rock as well, which Adam was able to take home. I bet his missus was really happy about that. Uh, she's unhappy because he won't remove it off the TV stand. <laughs> she's she's unhappy because he won't take it down from pride of place in the dining room and she has to look at it every day something like yeah. that <laughs> fantastic fantastic uh did you do anything new year ben or did you just go to sleep um there's a local pub that did like a kids disco so we, we took the little in and met up with a friend so we could have some cheeky drinks okay did you stay um, up till midnight yeah not at the pub though we, we came home at like 10 ish yeah, okay. Um, and just had some drinks at home, and then me and the wife stayed up listening to songs on the YouTube. On the YouTube. On yeah. the YouTube. I, I couldn't remember <laughs> where it was for a minute. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> no, we, we play this game where when we get drunk, you have to try and find the cheesiest songs you can find. Or okay. on the wireless, just, yeah. Yeah, on the wireless. Okay. All right. So anyway, happy new year. Um, happy new everything. Um, there's been a whole bunch of stuff has come out. We've all now got the new set of content, or it is now available in shops. So, um, it all sort of came out in the middle of December, and it all got a bit weird as everybody couldn't buy it because they might get it for Christmas. And but now everybody's got it either because they didn't get it for Christmas, so they just bought it, or that wasn't in stock, and now it is. So, Siege of Coruscant. We've got. Battle of Yavin, which has been out for a while. We've got Hot Shots 2 uh, as well. Um, so we've been playing with those. Um, and I guess we can talk about kind of what we're doing with the lists and how we're playing around with stuff as, as we go. Um, what started off this week, or what is in the process of starting up this week, is the Kyber Team Championship that I mentioned just a little bit earlier. So uh, Scott, um, who we've had on the guest recently, uh, as a guest recently on the podcast, um, runs Hexile Gaming, and Hexile Gaming's main kind of competitive track that they run um, is the Kyber Cup. Um, They change the format of the tournament on a regular basis, so sometimes it's pods and leagues, sometimes it's a single knockout, sometimes, as in this instance, it's a team of championships. So teams of three, 
Um, we, as the Sith, take a snapshot of enter the team of myself, Tim, and Liam, because Ben doesn't do internet I'm so at the lonely. moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you didn't want to. You, oh, I know. You I know. know. Um, and then we've also got... The Sith Takers have got another team in, which wittingly is called the Sith Takers Long Exposures, which took me longer than it should have done to realize that it was a play on snapshots versus long exposures. So, uh, and that's Mike, Johnny, and Adam, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we've been, uh, I don't know who they've been drawn into. We've been drawn into an international team of two Americans and one Tin Squadron person from Cornwall. Um, who I think was looking for a team and they were looking for one person to fill them out. So um, we're doing pairings and stuff tonight. Um, I guess we can talk about what we're bringing with us because we backwards and forwards a lot about who was bringing what um, in terms of lists. So the the way that they've sectioned it up is you have to use one faction from each of the trilogies and you can use Scum and Villainy as your cover for any of those three trilogies. So you can't have both... Um, rebels and Imperials, but you can have one or either of those. You can't have both Resistance or First Order. You can't have both Separatists or Galactic Republic. Um, but basically, you have to pick three and Scum and Villainy. If you want, you know, you don't want something that's left in whatever your teammates have left you. Um, you can be like, oh, I'll just pick up something from Scum then, and it'll be fine. Uh, or if somebody picks up Scum. Um, so Liam. After a lot of toing and froing between separatists yeah. and first order, you finally settled on scum and villainy, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have what have you picked? Do you want to just have a quick talk through your list? Like, don't give away all the secrets because clearly, you know, our opponents will be scouting and listening for tips. <laughs> uh, uh, so. Because, like, I've always been a fan of the fire spray. I felt like I needed some table time with it again because I've missed running it. So I've, uh, I've become that person, and I was like, "Well, what goes boba?" I was like, "Well, surely another fire spray." So I picked a second fire spray. Oh, the hound wants to go out, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, well, what better to go with it than Kanan?" Yeah, well, what else are you going to put in for four points in scum? Exactly. Other than a, other than a, a fire spray, one of the one of the fire spray, uh, not fire spray, one of the hawks. Um, depending on which um, fire sprays you're taking, you've either got enough points for Paylob, maybe, but Kanan, I think, is probably the best choice anyway. So, um, cool. So two fire sprays in Kanan. I think everybody knows what that list does well and what it doesn't do well anyway. So. Um, yeah, it's I've, got, I've got my own little secret sauce in it as well. A little bit of special something something. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a, the Lynn personality put in there. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Tim, while you're off mute, on at least on Discord, but I don't know if you're off on OBS, so sort yourself out. No, I've already sorted myself out, yeah, it's good. <laughs> come and tell us what you're going to be using. Uh, so Republic, which is probably not a surprise to many people. Um, so I've been playing around with different lists. Uh, we've been playing in the FAM team event where um, obviously with the, the sort of the latest points update, I had to uh, remove the poor hound as it unfairly got uh, a, a, you know, hit with the nerf bat. Uh, mm-hmm. Not unfairly at all. It was absolutely quite reasonable. Um so I've been flying oddball and arc mainly, but you know, trying a few different things. 
And then at some point last week, because I, I had tried like a six ship version with some Siege of Coruscant uh, clones and bits and bobs, just trying to sort of see what I could get to work. Uh, I suddenly realised that in, in, it's a bit of a shock to actually drop Luminara, which I think you know, is probably the, the ship I've flown the most in Republic, um, yeah. and actually bring Kickback in the Torrent instead. Uh, mm-hmm. And then with that point, I can actually change that five point to fifth ship to a six point ship and actually get Hound back in. And um, they have changed the points on Satine, Corky, and Seventh Fleet, so you can only choose two of three. Um, but we, we, we have reunited Corky and Satine and Hound. And uh, yeah, I had a few practice games and uh, I, I did quite enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised when you included Hound because a lot of the. Republic stuff that I've been looking at, he is the one thing that kind of gets dropped um, because it's he's not very survivable if you get a lot of shots on him. Um, but obviously, um, you've got a lot of experience flying him, so it's um, probably good. Um, no, absolutely. Better to fly something you're familiar with, yeah. I was going to say, than flick into a different archetype and, and dropping stuff left, right, and center. Like, I've really enjoyed Obi, um, Obi, uh, Oddball in the arc. Um, my latest iteration was stupid because um, I kind of mis- misread or didn't quite figure out how, uh, I think it's Ursa Ren worked. And it wasn't quite as broken as I thought it might have been. Um so, I mean, I had been running Seventh Fleet Gunner on the arc, but I felt that it was like a one-use sort of per game. Because they've got a front and a back arc, they're normally shooting something every turn or have the ability to shoot something. So Seventh Fleet was actually kind of wasted on the arc. Um, so I've been trying different upgrades um, or, you know, different sort of combinations of stuff. Um, and I could have gone for the Seventh Fleet on Hound, but, I mean, this is just a, a real defensive version. It, you know, it plays objectives well. Um, and yeah, the hound really works well with the sort of list where, you know, I can sort of move my, my strains and my depletes around. Yeah. I've been having a, um, I've been having a bit of play about with Republic because it, it feels, um, Coruscant, I'll, I'll talk about it later. Um, but Coruscant feels really, really good, um, as a pack, um, like, there's a lot of stuff in there for... I don't know what it's like for Separatists, I'll be entirely honest. Um, there seems to be some good pieces in it, but for Republic, it's it's game-changing for Republic. It, I mean, it, it is, but also I'd say that the, 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 the new pieces are also competitive with the existing pieces. So yes. so the Click, uh, both Standard and Siege of Coruscant, and Contrail, both Standard and Siege of Coruscant, I can see an argument to take either. Um, yeah, and, it, and it absolutely comes down to player's choice. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is something, we, you know, I think um, Liam asked me, you know, why didn't I take Siege of Coruscant click? And it's like, well, yes, it gets, he has basically comes with a, sh- a shield upgrade for free, um, but um, I needed another dedicated in the list. Um, yeah. So that's that's why I took him because I, I wanted the dedicated in there. Yeah. Um, it's and- the combo of, um, it's the combo of, which ones you choose because you get born for this from the siege of Coruscant things where you get dedicated with the, the other things with, with the not Coruscant ships. Yeah. Um, so you can get rerolls, you can get token passing if you, if you mix them up. Um, and then click obviously gets his, um, 
range denial bonus, which mm-hmm. is really, really good at keeping kind of fragile aces alive. You can put them in front of two ships and just be like, well, there's one range one shot there and then one range three shot or one range two equivalent shot um, with a token being passed from kickback potentially and re-rolls from other places. Just if you get it right, it, it can just live forever, which is great in a, in a world where objectives are becoming very important. So um, cool. Um, I, I just briefly touch on what I've opted to play. Um, we changed lists around um, very 11th hour. Um, I was going to fly uh, Rebels um, with Han Solo and 3A Wings, and I've pivoted off to Poe and the Falcon. So why not use some of the new stuff? So Poe and the Falcon. Um, Covenel, um, who helps to power up Poe, um, because uh, Leia on there can reduce the difficulty of some of Poe's maneuvers so that he can clear some of his stress by doing different moves or, or do things that should be red but are white instead, like sloops and four straights. Um, and then I've got Lulu, who is just now a solid piece for resistance because of his loadout and being four points. He's got shield upgrade predator and heroic. That's really all he needs um, as a four-point ship. And then uh, rounding the list out, with what's the last ship kaz in a fireball um so basically four um, ships that can tank quite a lot of um shots and move very very quickly and move in weird ways when they need to so that's what i've gone for um we'll see how it goes to go for resistance is it i mean i wasn't because liam was flying first order until like the day before lists locked in and then he pivoted over to scum, which then opened up resistance. So I was choosing between resistance rebels, imperials, and I still had um, imperials on the builder for a long time. Um, looking at um, decimators and Vader with filler, um, just thinking, you know, in a team event, it's a very strong list um, because you just look at what have they got that wants to be stressed. I've got death troopers. Put me into that. We'll be fine. Um, so, but in the end, I flipped off to Poe because it seems like it's a, a good list and it's a fun list. Um, and it's got a lot of good matchups. So we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. So I'm doing the pairings tonight. Um, so we'll give you a, a it's a one game a week thing. So we can give you a, um, rundown on how we get on week to week as we go through. Um, and hopefully, um, we, we might get some other teams and other people on to talk about stuff as we go through. Um, it finishes just before Worlds, is that right? Have I got the timings right on that? I think so. It's five weeks and then five weeks of team event and then some sort of cut. So I think it will finish just before Worlds, I guess. So we'll see if we can get any more feedback on it. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Actually, Worlds is incredibly close, very, very close to the point where the people that are going to Worlds are now saying, What's an Esther? How do I get one of those? Do I need yeah. to take a picture of anything? Why do they want my fingerprints? What's going on? That kind of stuff. Um, so sad seeing everyone talk about it. Well, well, Ben, I've got some good news for you. There is an event that's running the same weekend as Worlds for people like you and me with FOMO. So Dan Athey has asked me to to just um, mention it. He's running it over in Sheffield. Um, it's part of a tabletop game show called Steel Warriors at Magna, which is a former steel factory and is now a science museum. Um, and it's running whatever Weekend Worlds is. He hasn't given me the date. 
Um, I have actually the seen 25th it. of March, uh, Saturday the 25th of March. So uh, there's going to be an event over in Sheffield and already there's six people from kind of the Steel City team um, and over that side uh, who are already signed up for it. So it'll probably be a small but perfectly formed event with people who weren't able to get over there. Actually, looking at the people signed up, it's looking like it's a fairly spicy, fairly spicy little lineup already. Bit of a cauldron, um, so. Don't be a shock tank. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can seek permission. Um, but signed up already is Kester, Dan, uh, Tom Veal, uh, Tom Fields, and uh, Richard Meller and John Biel. So, um, yeah, it's not not any easy games there already. So what? So Tom Fields and signed up. Yeah. Oh, imagine being able to lock in last place just by signing up. Oh, rude. <laughs> he's he's got to message me about you being unkind to him. Well, if he's going to take Raid, he deserves it. <laughs> he's uh, He's been looking at Poe as well because Poe's got Ray Gunner on now, you see. So it's, uh, it's uh, oh, it's it's fine. It's fine. Head cannon, it works because Ray's still in the list. It's all good. Dom's been flying um, Poe and Ray, aren't he? Yeah, Poe po Falcon with Ray makes sense. It's how you fill in the the other 14 points or whatever it is you've got. There's a, a lot of discussion ongoing um, <clears throat> various I places. I repacked my bag for quite a while, so I think it's due for a changeover. Well, because I'm using it in Kyber, I've got it in my bag for tomorrow night to at least get a couple of reps with it, um, kind of on a rail table and try and like brain out some of the different interactions and stuff because I find it easier to do in real life than on t- um, tabletop simulator but um so yeah that's the kyber team stuff um well as we start to run through it's been run on long shank so you can look it up and, and keep track of it if you want to but as we get through it um we'll start to look at the teams that are kind of coming into the sharp end and are winning the events and winning the winning the rounds winning their games um and see if we can get um a little bit more content about what they're doing and how they're doing it, that kind of stuff. Um, talked about Dan's event, talked about Kyber Tom's event. So Are this you weekend, gonna, um, run over the lists that you're up against. Uh, oh, we could do, yeah. I mean, Tim's posted them, so we can talk about them. Has he? Oh, is that yeah, in yeah. that bit yeah, yeah. where I'm supposed to keep an eye on it? There, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It says live chat, you know, but there's only us in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. It's where he told me off as well. <laughs> Put yourself on mute, Ben. Um, so it's... Um, I've been so doing we, Richard. So we've been paired into... Um, hello? Uh, hello? Oh, it's all gone a bit weird. I think he forgot where he was. Or he's on the phone to somebody else. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I think, or Liam's dropping and his brain just hasn't realised what's going on yet. So we've been paired into three lists. Um, we've got, yeah, yep. he's just dropped yep. off. <laughs> um, so we've got um, an Imperial list uh, that we've been paired into, which is Darth Vader with the Battle of Yavin, uh, six pointer with Ubble. Uh, Ubble with a heavy laser cannon, ion cannon, agile gunner, expert handling, and target assist. Um, then we've got three TIE fighters. We've got Aiden Versio with Disciplined and Magpulse Warheads. We've got Gideon Hask with Concussion Missiles and Disciplined. And then we've got Moff Gideon 
with false transponder codes, overtuned modulators, and a targeting computer. And then I shot to fill in the last point. So, um, so Gideon Hask is the one who rolls an extra t uh, dice against a damaged defender, and Moff Gideon is the one who can spend a charge to stop the defender from spending tokens, or sorry, from modifying the defense dice during that attack. Um, and the chosen friendship gains a strain. So um, I've seen that Moff Gideon used a couple of times, but not with this loadout. But obviously, overtune modulators and uh, false transponder codes, you can either yeet into range one for a shot, or you can yeet into range one and then take an evade and be sitting with three calculates and an evade token for the turn that you're in range of people, stopping them from, well, stopping your prime target from spending its tokens. So pretty nice, I think. What do you think, Ben? You've used something similar, haven't you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think this did well somewhere. These these ships did well at one of the American events. Um, I'm sure when we talked we talked about um, Boy Vader a while back, it was like the Texas Open, no, uh, Lone yeah, Star Open ties. or something. Yeah, different ties. The Jeremy yeah, yeah, Chambly yeah. one, or somebody like uh, that, did cut with it, but they had the two battle Yavin. Yeah, they had the two battle Yavin ties and then a generic filler, so they didn't have the three threes. They had a four, a three, and a two. Um, but yeah, a so, few people did well. Different loadouts, though. I think I'm, I'm probably going to try that Darth Vader because I've said he's rubbish compared to the other one, but people keep using him, so there must be something there. I've, um, I've had a look at him. <clears throat> And I've had a chat with people about him, and the what they've said is he trades better because he gets an extra shield, and he's got hate. So if you shoot at him, he gets his force back, and he can spend his force on defense as well. Yeah. Um, so while he can't do anything about his blanks because he's got marksmanship, not elusive, and he's got hate instead of brilliant evasion, he still punches really hard. So he's, you know, because he takes his target lock first turn he does vader stuff so he he's got the <laughs> defender ability so he does three hits with his target lock um and then he basically as long as he doesn't die that turn he's then just constantly mashing at you um just with afterburners and stuff it uh, i mean he's a tr i think the best way i've heard it described is he's a trade piece but he's difficult to kill so um i think andy oler and um, one of the canadian players said that um, by maths, it takes four double-modded proton torpedoes to kill this Vader. Um, which, you know, because he's got whatever, he's got six health. On average, they do um, one to him, or one and a half to him. Um, so as long as he's rolling average dice, um, every time you do damage to him, he gets force back. So he's got more force to spend on his next defensive roll. So average dice into average dice, it takes yeah four double modded proton torpedoes into him to kill him. Um, obviously variants, you'll have spikes. Sometimes oh, yeah. it'll take more, sometimes it'll take less. But you know, for your mathematical brain calculations of what do I need to point <laughs> at that Vader to take him down? If you want to one round him, unless you get incredibly lucky, as happened to me the first time I faced this Vader, I killed him in two shots. I thought, <laughs> well, what what's the big deal? Um, but most of the time, those two shots would have just bounced off him, um, or done a couple of shields and been happy about it. But uh, I think my big problem with it is, is the other Vader is so good. I find it really hard not yeah. to take that Vader. He's seven points, but he's got one less health, so yeah. he's almost as killable. But he's or easier, to, he's easier to kill, but he's harder to catch. I think he's, he's got the 
He's more eighty, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. This is this is a this is a a, a, a what do you call them? This is a Paul Dameron style jousting ace where you take yeah, him definitely. in, take some damage, go out the other side, and see what's left. Basically. Um, so anyway, that's the first list. Um, I'm also we'll happy to see a heavy because I love that ship. It is very good. Um, Liam, we've got a scum and villainy, two fire sprays and hawk going on here, but this one's Boba Fett. Different loadout to you. He's got Notorious. He's got Iron Bombs. He's got The Child, a bit thematic. And then he's got Hondo Onaka in a fire spray. So Hondo is I1. Um, and he can do some janky stuff that I don't understand. Uh, oh, coordinate stuff. Okay. It's basically his crew card ability on steroids. Yeah. Each chat. Not friendly to each other. Okay, so I get one, he gets one. Okay, and then each chosen ship may perform an action that's only asked for even while stressed in the order of your choice. Then you get a calculate. So you, you're coordinating a mate, you're coordinating an enemy ship, and you get a calculate. And, and then he's got Ahsoka. Though. Yeah. Um, and then he's got Ahsoka, some other stuff, false transponder codes, Marauder, that kind of thing. And then he's got Kanan with Maul. So there we go. It's two fire sprays and Kanan. Which is a better yeah, version of Liam? Which is a better version of yours or his? I like mine more. Which one's Liam got as a second fire spray? I can't remember. Eamon. Yeah, you like that ship. Yeah. I'm not sure about... I'm surprised with the child on Bobber. I would have thought he'd want a, like a, a consistent force no matter what. Yeah, the thing is, he gets a force back if he takes a hit. Yeah. And if yeah, he constantly but... takes one damage... You're going to be fine for a long time. There isn't enough rounds by the time you've scored the points to actually kill him. Yeah, fair. But my, my, my big thing that, so my big thing with that is though you are giving two your opponent ships uh, free target lock every turn. Yeah, and that's what I hate about it. Like it is, an, it is a definite thing to consider. But Boba does get shot a lot, so I mean, yeah, you've, I think he has to go and try and kill the the two that have got the. Um, the kid chasing token to uh, merciless pursuit. That's the thing I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> the, kid the kid chasing token. That's what, that's what I call. Oh it. man! Yeah. Some somebody has to make a token with a picture of the child <laughs> catcher from uh, Jitty Chitty Bang Bang on it. Oh, I think you'll say Jimmy Savile, but yeah, that works as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be a bit more wholesome. I was, gonna say, I was trying not to make you have to do any editing. <laughs> um. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the their scum and villainy list, and then their their last one is um, separatists. So they got a five ship separatist kind of I don't know what to call this um, salad swarm. So they've got siege of Coruscant Sith infiltrator Count Dooku. Infiltrator. Uh, about that is is roiling anger. I love but saying it. I don't even know what it does, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, you can gain a strain to recover a force if you're in. If somebody can shoot at you, you can gain a strain to recover a force. So, fair enough. Um, Scimitar, so he can do decloaking and coordinating and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just Count Dooku with his nonsense dice fixing ability. He's got General Grievous with the standard loadout of an outmaneuver and pervial plating in Solus One. Um, and then he's got the Iron Assembler, who's the repairing itself or its friends droid, um, who can. 
sit on a rock with his grappling struts and just not do anything other than repair himself uh, and tick calculates and hold objectives. So that seems fun. Um, he's got a Bactoid prototype hyena bomber with energy shell charges and discord missiles. Rude. Um, and then he's got Dirge in a rogue class starfighter. So this is the one who can come back to life <laughs> by discarding direct hits and pilot trait cards. Um, so keep shooting him and then shoot him some more, overkill him so much that he can't come back to life. It's the gist of that one. Um, so yeah, and Dirgy's got proton cannons on, which we don't see many uh, much of that upgrade. But it's like a HLC, but it's every other turn, and it's uh, got a free focus mod, um, a focus to a hit, or a focus or hit to a crit. Sorry. So um, yeah, it's got a free crit modification on it but it's only every other turn um and apart from that he'll be shooting its two dice primary but yeah seems um salady i don't know i don't understand separatists i'll be entirely honest i just let people explain to me why they work and i and i believe them so what's uh just fun and wholesome what does this list say to you liam if you look if you look at it to me it's got a Um, lot of very interesting unique and individual pieces in it but does it like, work as a whole? I think it may struggle. Like the guy might have had some success running it. My issue is the scimitar. Once it's past the action, if it gets a stress, it's done. Mm-hmm. You won't see it again for a good three hours. Uh, I mean, it's got a five k and it's got a two sloop, so you know, as I'm long as he, as long as he's not like, as long as he doesn't stress it unnecessarily, like it's. On the open it's like engagement. dodging, it's like dodging a moving truck. Except the truck is stationary. You're moving towards it. It's quite easy to get away from. If you've got any mobility in a list, you can pinpoint where that ship's going and just get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. By which point, it's probably over. Kind of overcommitted to its position. Uh, droids, I see them as just little points pinards. To be honest, I still don't think like there may be a place for them in X-wing now, but I mm. still don't see where they add enough value. Do you mean hyenas and vultures, or just vultures? Uh, vultures more so, but I think there's a a case to be made for hyenas as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got the backtoid prototype. He's got a lot of things that people will find uncomfortable. Um. Like I, I, look I at actually this. played them well, recently, the droids well and the hyenas recently, and they they do just both of them just pop, and then you're sad. Like even when I was playing a game and felt quite far ahead, and then the just the vulture goes, "Nah, I'm tired of living now." Um, There's it's a lot very, of high damage lists around, aren't yeah. you? You just have to have one, like not even one really unlucky roll, just an average roll, and you die. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't got your thing off. It's just wasted points, isn't it? As if somebody torps a, a vulture and that torp does four, then one blank and you're dead. Yep. Yeah. But that person has spent six points worth of upgrade on killing your two-point ship. I the know it doesn't is, quite equate anymore with loadouts and stuff, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem with that is someone doesn't really need to necessarily throw a torp at you. They just primary. Three dice primary, you can die to variants. Yeah. You know, it, it, or a bad crit. Yeah, 
Uh, I can see what the iron assembler's in here for. He's got grappling struts. He's got thread tracers. He's going to take a calculate. He's going to or two. He's going to sit at the back. Um, he's going to take one calculate because he doesn't have the title thing. Independent calculations. He's opted out of that. I think. Um, so he's going to take a calculate. Sit at the back. He's going to chuck thread tracers at whatever he can get. He's going to pass things free target locks. Um, and then he's going to just hold an objective um, at the back. And that's going to be his job. He's initiative one. He's a two-point ship. He's just there to just claim points. Um, if he clears, claims three or four points in a game by sitting next to an objective, then he's done his job, hasn't he? I guess so, but... And if I send a ship down there to kill him, then I've sent a high-value ship off to kill something that's worth two points. And that's not... It's why BB-8's well, good, right? It's so, why BB-8's good, and so, it's why two-point ties are good, because no, they can sit in a corner and circle around an objective. So, so having come from obviously 40k, um, we used to call them deck chair squads, and you'd take like two five-man space marine, I don't know, tactical squads or whatever they may be, or chaos space marines if you, you know, bring chaos... Uh, and their sole purpose in life was to sit one in your left corner, one in your right corner on your home objectives and just score those points. Uh, and that's exactly what, you know, the vultures are in this list. And, you know, they've got some energy shells, they've got some, you know, sort of discord missiles and bits and bobs. But really, you know, they're, they're just there to score points. And then, you know, that should allow, you know, Dirge and, and um, Dooku, you know, to go out and actually sort of do the damage. So I, I can see what they do, but... Um, I, I do find the vultures to be particularly squishy, especially if they are sat by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, if you eat over the top and just hone in on that thing, it's not going to live for long. And but then, but then like well. you say, you know, is that a distraction? And, you know, I mean, it all depends on the scenario. Like, we are playing salvage mission uh, first up. So, you know, those droids, if they can pick up crates early and, and just sort of sit sit the back and you know just score points and you know that that could be quite powerful um yeah. but equally you know you know are are you able to push for a crit and just pop that that crit off even if you don't kill it i don't know yeah anyway it's gonna be interesting um i'm looking forward to it as i said we're pairing tonight um so it's gonna be uh we've got a strategy locked in so i don't even have to think tim's given me simple janet and john instructions on what to do so i shall just follow them and see what happens <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, well that's it so uh for, for for those who may have heard us talk about obviously our team event we did where we had a three-player team it is a very different pairing structure um to what we had um simpler or less tactical you basically got two decisions to make which is what is your first put forward and then um based on what they put forward what is your response and that's the only two decisions you need to make and we've made that decision for ourselves based on their lists and our lists um and yeah um it should be yeah, i think i think it'll go well there's um a new um pairings mat on the um the tts mod so if anybody's interested, uh, next time you load up TTS, yeah. you can see that on the right-hand side. Uh, more importantly, that comes with a set of seven faction cards. So if you fancy doing any online sort of stuff like this in the future, make sure you take those and save them. Grab them. Grab them. I've got a pair with Team Ireland backs on, so I just, I just use them. Uh, 
got to flag it around. Right, okay, that's uh, the Kyber Team <laughs> Championship um, bit done. Um, going to talk very briefly about the Sith Taker Open. Um, we have breached our numbers for half hall, so we're now up in three-quarter hall, which basically means that there might be like one or two 40k players in a corner somewhere who've been allowed to come in because we've not got the full hall yet. If we sell another 30 tickets, then we'll get full hall and we won't have anybody interloping in our in our event space. Um, but it's really good. Had a comms from Koga2 who are doing our kind of most of our prize support um, and they've said that we should have it by the end of uh, next week. Um, so that's a massive improvement on me going and picking it up the day before the event starts last year. Um, so thanks to Michaela and John for turning it around. It's been fantastic. Um, and uh, just to confirm that if you have a ticket already, refunds are closing at the end of this week. Um, that's basically because we have costs that we need to pay and we need to lock in things like number of participation prizes, um, lunches, um, other costs that we just have. Um, you can still buy tickets after that date, of course, but they will be non-refundable at that point. Um, but if you do have a ticket, if you have bought a ticket, um, then you can't attend the event. Then we'll try and get your participation prize to you either by um, X-Wing player post by giving it to one of your mates who did make the event um, or in Extremis, we'll post it out to you at some point in the next three to four months after the event when I get around to doing it because um, I'm not very good at remembering to do that stuff. Um, something to point out is Tim um, has created some very cool little pen and paper score pads. Um, we will be using them to run the event off. So every table is going to have some of these on it so that you can use them. Um, but we're also going to be selling pads of these for how can, can you remember how much they are we're selling them for tim because uh i mean i think like. roughly speaking i think we were going to do something like 30 dollars i can't remember if it was eight or nine pounds a pad but you could do three for 20 or something like that but um okay yeah you know you know they, they, they won't be um that expensive but um yeah if you if you want to buy the pads uh or come to my event in a couple of weeks and you'll get one as a participation prize um but yes it's uh that's available and also don't forget we've got those vector squadron creative uh lovely cad banes yes so they're going to be available for bounty prizes as well um and there might be other ways to to win them but uh, basically yeah they're going to be um passed around um, it's not going to be obvious how to win them. It's not going to be like, oh, top 32 or whatever is going to get them. They're they're going to be rolled down um, throughout the, the entire event. Um, so that's that stuff with the Sith Taker open. Um, yeah, as I said, there are still um, tickets available. There's plenty of tickets available. We've got space for 120 players. Um, so bigger than the world. Um, but bigger than the last chance qualifier, I think we could be um, if we sold all the tickets. <laughs> um, it's a bit no, crazy. But... Last chance qualifiers, 128 sold out. I, I reckon. I reckon Element would stretch us to 128 if we said, "Oh, we've got eight people who really want tickets. They mm. squeeze them in on trestles down near the bar. It'd be fine." <laughs> um so um so yeah uh we are going to have a stream there. So the Farcast focus. Uh, no, what are they called now? 
Yeah, that, you got yeah, it right. That's right. Focus, yeah, yeah. So. yeah focus. Fast focus. Yeah. I can never remember if I've got the name right since they changed it. Um, but Nick, um, Dom, and Ponder will come into play on the uh, the main event on the Saturday, um, and they're hoping to still be playing on the Sunday. Uh, but uh, Nicky Burnett from the Tin Squadron, uh, best Tin, uh, best Burnett has um, volunteered to uh, man the stream for us so she's going to be running the stream responding to twitch chat all that kind of stuff um and we'll obviously have people dropping in and supporting her um maybe doing some commentary during the day and if all of the farcast lads don't make cut on the sunday then no doubt they'll be jumping on um and running it as they normally would on a sunday um so confirmed that, that nick and pond are doing day two um so uh yeah that's that i'm sure i've got more stuff to talk about about the open but um, well, i will come to it I think... um, oh yeah um if you want to get in early make sure you're registered on Longshanks if you're not already because we're going to be running it on Longshanks. um we're going to be creating the event um soon so that you can start registering for it um but yeah that that's stuff that will all come out in emails to to all players over the next uh, couple of couple of weeks as we run in towards the event Sorry, Tim, you were going to say? No, no, I, I was going to just literally just touch on that. Uh, just remember to BCC next time you send an email, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, and remember to BCC because of GDPR. And then I very carefully typed everybody's email address, cut and paste everybody's email addresses into the wrong field um, and sent them. And I was like, oh. No. Could have just put them all in two at this point. Never mind. Honest mistake. I mean, yeah, so uh, obviously it's going to be long shanks, uh, which is what a few events have started to use. Uh, we're going to do a, a, try and do a trial event at my, my event in, in a couple of weeks. Um, probably worth people still bringing printed copies if they've got them, um, just in case we need to sort of do manual. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think... Um, I think it'll be fine. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be good to get everybody together in the hall and, you know... Big, big in-person event. It's going to be smooth. It's going to be smooth. Mm. Right. Um, podcast admin thing. Tim's made an announcement on various text and social media channels and whatnot, just to mention it here. Our release day is moving back from Wednesday to Thursday. Basically, so Tim doesn't have to record, uh, sorry, edit on a Tuesday to get it out on a Wednesday because our regular in-person game night is a Tuesday which Tim hasn't been to for a while so obviously with wanting to get some practice in in the run-up to Worlds um, it's probably for the best you'll all agree that Tim doesn't have to sit and edit the podcast on a Tuesday and can instead practice saying I'll re-roll that and spend that and take that from there and give him a strain and then put it over there and then take no damage um, because that takes a lot of practice. Practice, saying, practice oh, apologizing oh. to my opponents. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll spend everything and take no damage. And yes, I'll do that again. And now I've run out of tokens, but you've run out of shots. So let's go. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, yeah I, th- I think it's a good move in, in a way because, I, again, I was just sort of thinking... Um, like I didn't want to move it back to Fridays because obviously I wanted to give people perhaps a bit more, you know, at least a, a day or two for commuter uh, listening and you know what have yeah. you. Um, and yeah, it's just with work being still a bit of a pain. Um, 
I've started sort of swimming in the mornings in, in in the week as well. So just trying to balance my my life, my mental health, my you know everything else that's going on. And it's just like you know what? Actually, what am I doing on a Wednesday night? Let's just push back the show, the show release a week uh, a week a, a day. Um, yeah. yeah, and it just gives me a bit more space to to do stuff. I'm going to hope that nobody slams their hand down on the desk and screams, this free service is not worth the money that I pay for it anymore. Well, um, if, got... if anyone wants to send us money, <laughs> just message me, I'll deal with it. Well, if, no, if anybody <laughs> really needs to listen to on a Wednesday, it will be out a week later than planned. <laughs> yeah, you can still listen to it on a Wednesday. Yes, you just you, have to you, skip nine, uh, abso- days. Absolutely, you can, you can, you can just literally tune in. Well, it'll be six days later, won't it? Um, but yes, you, you can absolutely still download it on a Wednesday if you really must. Right. Next thing to talk about, we've done admin stuff. Here is an opinion. I'm going to do a hot take. I'm going to spit some facts. Hang on, let me just make, make tell a note me of the timestamp. Why I'm an idiot. I'm not going to swear. I've only had <laughs> half a beer, so I'm fine. If he says he's going to spit, can you put the uh, far in the booth air horns from Charlie <laughs> Sloth on, please? <laughs> Right, here's the thing. Siege of Coruscant and Battle of Yavin pilots should not be allowed in standard play. And here's why. Here's why. And I'll tell you why I think that and why I think AMG will never take them out. Okay, I'll start with the second bit first, why they will never take them out. Because nobody would buy them if you could only use them in the scenario and the packs would not go off the shelves. It is entirely commercial. They're allowing them in standard play so that people like you and me go out and go, oh, that Vader's amazing. Oh, have you seen what you can do with Born for This on those clones? Oh, it's crazy. Excuse me. I played that Yavin scenario one whole time. One whole time and thought, yeah, that's all right. It's like people that used to play Epic and Trench Run before. It's like, yeah, alternate format. Some people love it. Some people dig it. The majority of the competitive scene, if these cards were not available um, in standard play, would not play them. The reason why I think they shouldn't be allowed is because they are impossible to balance and they have no levers for changing them. So they are locked in completely. You can't change the slots because the slots are pre-printed on the cards. You can't change the loadout value because it's pre-printed on the cards. The only lever you've got is a very crude lever that basically says, put that up from three to four, put that up from four to five, put that up from seven to nine, put that up from whatever. You can't finesse it. They are breaking the game as evidenced by the Republic nonsense that even I'm winning games with. And I'm forgetting half of my triggers. I'm like, every game at the end of it, I go, oh, I could have clicked that range one and not given up half points on that ship. Ooh, oh, never mind. Well, I won anyway. Um, basically, it's they're just too powerful. Um, and they can't be finessed. They can't be fixed. They're just going to be broken forever. Um, so basically, the call for this is you just got to get on the train of them. And there's another one coming because they're bringing out the Resistance First Order one. They're bringing out the Starkiller base. Um, scenario at some point in the next couple of months it's been trailed but no other information about it um every faction's going to have one apart from scum and villainy um and they are going to be ever present in lists now you're going to see battle of yavin vader you're going to see siege of coruscant wolf and jag you're going to see siege of coruscant contrail you're going to see all of these new powerful special abilities coming in and then the only thing they can do is ban list them after worlds once they've sold all of their stock they might ban list them, but I don't think they will. There you go. 
I mean, they could soft ban them by just putting the points up to the point where no one wants them. Put them in extended. But no, just literally make them point them out. Um, say, yeah. but um, boy Vader is now more expensive than the other Vader. Who are you not going to take him, are you? So maybe just that. I mean, I'm getting the impression that none of you disagree with me. No, don't. No, I don't. And it upsets me. I like to disagree with you. <laughs> I mean, some I mean, of them are fun, aren't they? Um, some of them are terrible and will never be played, even in the scenario, because there's better options. But some of the pilots, the ones I've called out, like, you know, you look at the four-point arcs, particularly Wolf, and you think, wow, with his abilities, he should not be four-points ever. You look I've at actually seen it in use because Dave decided to put that ship in front of my Alpha Strike. He died before he could do anything. Yeah, um, it was great. But, you know, you look he at, did the same um, to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you look at Battle of Yavin Vader, who at an extra shield still has afterburners, has hate and malice, um, has a really powerful ability for ensuring maximum hits every turn as long as he's got force, which he's got hate to regenerate. Um, you know, you look at Yavin Han who we've not seen a lot of, probably because there's better options in Rebels, um, and he doesn't work so well in the meta as it sits at the moment with high agility. But Yavin Han is crazy good um, for what he can do. Um, you know, I've not even looked at what the Separatist nonsense is that's in Siege of Coruscant, but there must be something just lurking there that's, that's absolute nonsense. But I think the most insidious thing about it is what you can build with the combination of three clones. And Tim's not even got to the worst of the defensive nonsense that Republic can pull with kickback, with born for this, contrail, with born for this, and click with dedicated. And you've got rerolls, you've got focus and evade token passing, um, you've got denial of range mods. Um, and it's just basically like, yeah, just fling your three agility ace in there. It doesn't matter what you roll, you're gonna dodge two or three hits anyway. They can't kill you. You, you do, know, you do realize talk. I'm just going to edit all this out because there could be another points update before, before World. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's. We're at the point where there are things that are really, really, really good, um, and there are things that are decent. And as we head into Worlds, and I mean, Ben, you'll have remembered from the last time when you were prepping for Worlds, and and Tim when you went. Um, in the run into worlds, you just it hones down into a small handful of lists per faction that are the things that people are preparing to play um, and preparing to play against. And if you don't take Republic um, or possibly some of the Imperial Battle of Yavin stuff, you need to have a plan. You need to figure out how you're going to kill the unkillable Jedi. You need to figure out how you're going to reliably put damage through on three agility tie swarms. Um, how you're going to kill Battle of Yavin Vader in? I think, you know, with, with the Republic, it's it's quite hard though because they've they've always either been broken, bonkers, absolutely nonsense, or just rubbish. Yeah, they, they, it's really hard for them to get them to a sort of fair level playing field. Um, and I think the built-in force is a lot of that. Um, you know, you're going to hate me for this. I always hate you. But... Don't you think these quick builds would have been perfect for 2.0 points? <laughs> well, we did have 2.0 quick builds, but we never, no one ever used them. Because they were mental. And they, and they, they weren't... didn't have actual points on them. <laughs> they weren't. Um, I was just about to say they weren't uh, tournament legal. 
but you only need one lever at that, don't you? you go, okay, this is very strong. We up it by two points. But the, as we've said for almost a year now, the granularity is not there. I mean, so if you're not talking about the the siege and the and the battle packs, you've got granularity because you can tweak slots, you can tweak loadout, you can tweak ship cost, you can triple or you can double or triple tap ships and upgrade combinations. You know, but with this one, you can't change anything other than that macro squad cost point. So does it cost three, four, five, or six, and then you get those upgrades with it and Battle of Yavin Vader, if he's seven, there's a real decision about whether that extra shield is worth an extra whole squad point over over pattern analyzer, all the defensive nonsense Vader that you can take. Um, and it's the same with the arcs. You know, if you put that wolf up to five, you just go, well, he's not seeing play. He sees play because he's four. Um, but at a five, you would just never play him. And it's, you know, Tim, you did make a good point. Some of them are brilliantly costed, like the clones, um, Contrail and Click, um, are perfectly costed because there's an argument for which one you would take. But that's only because they're three; they're both three points. There's no point decision. So it's like, well, do I want to spend 12 points on upgrades of my choice or do I want to take that set of upgrades that has its own stuff that it can do? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, and I don't know what, like what I would think they should do is make them extended and say, you know, all the points are valid, but they're extended. You can play them in scenario because they're extended, but they're not valid for standard play because they're not balanced. But I cannot see them making a decision like that in the run-up to Worlds when they've packs have just come out. Um, no, I think for longevity of the game, they need to take them out of standard play. But if you take them out of standard, that won't sell. So it I mean, never will come out. They'll still sell to casual tabletop gamers who aren't competitive people, who aren't looking at worlds. And people who are will probably buy the packs anyway. I mean, who knew Siege of Coruscant has an ion bomb in it? I mean, the only place you can get ion bombs in version 2 is in the fully loaded devices pack um, and and Siege of Coruscant. So, you know, fill it up, everybody. It's also <laughs> the, the, the fancy one from the one of the game kit things from yeah, the... Nice. Me, me and Tim got them in Germany. Yeah, they obviously had a, a box. They also had a box <laughs> in a warehouse and they've just sent them off to the distributor in uh, in China and said, pack one of them in each of those boxes, please. Um, I'm happy with it. I mean, it's cheaper than buying an Ion Bomb card off somewhere like one of the online resellers because they knew how valuable they were. You know, it was like, I basically... didn't realize I didn't have any until I yeah. picked it out. And I was like, oh, put it. It's like the... Um, put uh, it in uh, my folder. Oh, where's my Ion Bomb slot? Oh, I haven't got one. <laughs> cluster mines. I've still not got any cluster mine cards. <laughs> I'm sure a false papers, but not the uh, the card. I'm sure a false transponder code. I've realised I've only got one. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I got it, but um, yeah, I, I've only got one because I don't really fly scum, so I've not collected them. So it's yeah, one of those things. Uh, I think I was chatting with Dave um, about the the cards that you don't realise are rare until you go and look for them, and you realise you've only got one or two in your in your collection. And it's things like Predator, proud which, tradition. So non-faction specific stuff. So Proud Tradition is advanced optics is because you got four in the resistance conversion kit 
and then you get one no yeah one in the in the the new a wings thing so you you can collect them but predator only comes in the conversion kits and a couple of other packs yeah so if you only collect one faction you'll only have one predator because it came one in each conversion kit if you collect all six you'll have six you'll be fine and dorsal turrets the same yeah dorsal turrets the same it's only come in the conversion kits it's and with the ghost the new ghost um there's some really odd upgrades that you don't really notice you've only got one or two of until you go and try and put them on all the sh- ships in your squad and like oh where's my where's my predators <laughs> i'm sure i should have more turns out i don't i've only got two um but anyway right that was that little bit of very difficult to get all of as well yeah it is it's it's the same there's a whole bunch of upgrades that if you go through like on yasby or launch bay next about the source for them and you you look down and it's like the conversion kits plus and and when i say the conversion kits i mean imperial scum and rebel conversion kits um plus then one or maybe two packs that contain one or two um so yeah, they're they're a bit odd. You don't have to buy out a faction to to get things, but you might have to buy out a faction to get more than one of them. Um, I think that's not even true anymore. Not having to buy out a faction, is it? <laughs> you definitely have to buy out a faction these days. Um, Liam, did you have a question or anything for us today? Because you've been, or or did you not want to do it because you feel like you're going to die? Fingers crossed. That's by the by. It's going to happen anyway, isn't it? But one thing I want to point. Uh, let everyone know about is on the 29th of January in Gloucester Atlas Tabletop Games uh, Mr. Steve Bolton is running a little store champ using one of the new Louis Long kits. Is he going to teach everyone how to cheat as well? Uh, Hopefully he's (laughs) TOing. Because I don't think I can I can deal with that level of rule absent-mindedness again. Absolutely unheard of. Just misses half the card off. <laughs> yeah, read the second half. There's a, there's there's more words after that full stop there. Keep going. Um on, on other events as well, we've we've touched on a couple. Um I know the the guys down in Brighton have only just published their running one in the run into worlds on the eighteenth of February, so the weekend before the Sith Taker open, um in Brighton, so other end of the country. Um, but they've got um, a thing with by the same token that if they get 16 players, they're going to put a big heap of acrylic into the prize pool for them. So Southerners assemble in Brighton. Or is it Hove? Who knows? Brighton and Hove, actually. Yes. Brighton and Hove Albion, isn't it? That's the football team. Yes, yeah, the football team is uh, the, the combined thing. It's a, it's a running joke with people who live in, in Hove is that when people say, oh, do you live in Brighton? They go, Hove, actually. So it's basically known to people down there as Hove actually. I suppose it's like people who live in Wolverhampton when they say when people say do you live in Birmingham, you say Wolverhampton actually. But with more regression. No. Yeah, we don't sound as posh either. <laughs> All right. Did you have a, any questions or anything you wanted to ask us today or any quiz you were gonna do, Liam? Uh, or should we save no, that for another day when we've not been talking for an hour and a half? We'll save it for another day. But what I will ask is, when you're building your list, do you take into account uh, the scenarios? And if you do, is there three you kind of look at, right, I'm okay in three of them, I can get by in the fourth, or do you try and round your list for all, all of them? 
I think I build a list and then I look at how I can win different scenarios with it. And if I come to a conclusion that I can't win one of them, like, you know, if it's just, oh, this is basically an impossible task, like um, salvage mission with fire sprays, for instance, which is, you know, just difficult to win by playing the scenario. So you have to play it in a different way, but turn into a murder yeah. squad. Um, then I ask myself, you know, can I back myself to win the other three games in a tournament or every other game in a tournament and only lose salvage mission and then play the um, the lottery in the cut that when I play salvage mission, I come up against somebody that's not amazing at it, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's the that that's my how my brain works on it. How about you, Benison? What was that? Sorry. Never mind. How about you, Tim? I was just I was just sorting my little one out, so I missed what you were saying. So basically, when you build a list you've got to look at how it will perform in certain scenarios how do you approach that do you kind of look at it and go okay this is all right in three of them i'll get by on the fourth or do you try and round it out or do you build a list with specific scenarios in mind when it comes to upgrades uh, i kind of like an all-rounder list i don't like the idea of having a necessarily bad scenario like a a major problem into any scenario. I understand that not every, not every list is going to be powerful into it, but I don't think I'd take something if I thought it would lose every time in that scenario. Because um, you never know what you're going to get in a cut. Well, you're going to play all of them, aren't you, in a cut game if you want to go all the way yeah. through. Um, so, I, so I try and find a, a bit of an all-rounder, really. Tim? Um. Yeah, I just kind of just play around and I, I don't really build lists round scenarios as such. I sort of just build lists I want to fly and then maybe tinker it if it's maybe weaker in certain sort of areas. Yeah, that's fair. I think when it comes to me, I I kind of look at two of them and go, right, if, I can, if I'm good in these two, say Assault and Chance kind of feel like I can get bought in the other two. Especially with Assault, because you either have a large number of ships, so like five small bases, or you start looking at a mixture of do you have two large bases and a small or something like that. The rule of thumb I'll go by is if I have any amount of ships, as long as I can cover five points, i.e. five small bases is covering one point per objective, or the medium bases cover two points per objective, but you've got two medium bases and the small, you hit five. You're pretty much sound. Uh, and then, of course, with the chance and engagement, as long as you've got a list that has enough red dice or enough defensive mods, you're normally okay. And you can kind of take those two objectives or scenarios and then mould it into salvage and scramble. And be pretty much okay with that one. That's my thought process, anyway. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I, I played a game on Hexiled this week that was. Um, I basically won it on scenario points. Like in the end, I won because I killed some ships. But I think he ended up. He missed a couple of scenario points early on, and then I had Wolf in an Ark, 
who in a couple of times was claiming two um, with his medium base um, and was taking them off him um, as well. So like he had one ship near it and then I had Wolf. So Wolf was claiming that one and another one in the middle as well. Um, yeah. And I think by like turn four or five, I was like nine, two or nine, three up on objectives. And he'd, he, he hadn't managed to kill a ship. And then I killed a ship. And then at that point, it snowballed because I was so far ahead in objectives at that point. It was like, well, it doesn't matter even if I lose my seven point Anakin 7B, I'm still two points ahead of you. Um, yeah. And I can close the game out by just running away with my remaining ships and just tagging three objectives a turn um, until I get to 20 and you can't kill me. So um, ob objectives are particularly, and, and I think it does depend on the matchup, and you can make murder squads that get objectives as a as an afterthought but objectives are very very important um i think in what's the one where you tag them and fly off scramble in scramble, scramble transmissions yeah. um and in satellites that be near them one those are the ones where suddenly if you disappear off and have all three or four objectives like if in if in um assault on the satellite array if you can tag all five for one turn it just ruins your opponent or even if you can get a four versus one for two turns it just ruins them um i played a game with the decimator against pond a little while ago in, in one of the team tournaments and he he thought i was going to move my decimator further i just kept putting in a one forward so he kept he wanted to stay kind of where he was, but have me shoot over the top of him so that he could then be free next turn. But I, I just kept dialing in a one forward and bumping into him and claiming two objectives with my decimator every turn. And it took him three turns to realize that I wasn't moving anywhere because I was perfectly happy sitting where I was and killing, shooting out my side arc, or, you know, shooting him in the front arc because it was Oiken. Mm. Um, I'm perfectly happy. Um, and I think that's... Like, you need to just look at your opponent's list as well. Like, you can head sim as much as you like your own approach to objectives, but you need to look at your opponent's list and be like, right, he's got a big base ship. And we talked about this before. He's got a big base ship. I need to either spread out the objectives or I need to put rocks in a way where he cannot get more than one of them at a time without parking himself on an asteroid. Which then he might he might park himself on an asteroid with his big base ship and be like, yeah, I'll give up a shot to get three points or two points. That's fine. This turn that works for me. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Oh, nice. Good questions. Okay. Um, right. I've had my little rant about Coruscant. So there we go. Um, we've had Liam's thing. Did you talk think... about the event? Which event? The one on Sunday. That was right at the beginning. Uh, no, we didn't talk about the, Tom's one. No. Uh, we kind of briefly mentioned it. So uh, Tom Reed, um, Sith Taker, and uh, now T.O. Um, over in Pontefract, um, has, uh, 
<laughs> um, I've just seen something Tim wrote ages ago. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, so <laughs> Tom has run a uh, an event over in Pontefract um, called Return of the Sith Brackets Taker. Um, it was uh, reasonably well attended. Uh, I think there were 16 players um, turned out for it. So um, including kind of a bunch of the, the kind of Sheffield, Leeds, York, people like the Fars and the, the guys I mentioned earlier from, from Sheffield. Um, it was won by um, Tom, oh, surname's gone, Veal. Um, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's actually flying a separatist list that has a lot in common with the list that we've talked about that we're facing off against in the Kyber Cup. So he's got um, the same iron assembler, basically, with energy shell charges. Um, he's got DFS-081 as another two-point droid instead of the Hyena Bomber with energy shell charges and, and, and struts. He's got independent calculations on both. He's got the General Grievous build, so you know that's your kind of nine points of solid thing. And then his 11 points, he's got Dirge with proton cannons, proton bombs, elusive and Xanadu blood, so hard enough to kill. Punches really hard every other turn um, or when he's lining up bullseyes. And then the big one here is Pre-Vizsla with uh, Death Watch Commando, so Mando Commandos, Bo-Katan, Veteran Tail Gunner, and Marksmanship. So, I don't know what Pre-Vizsla does. Uh, Pre-Vizsla is you spend two charges and you get to roll an additional attack die. Ah, and it so recurs one charge a turn. So he's the five dice range one horrible gauntlet. Yes. Right. And then he's got commandos chucking out uh, strain and getting free little shots. And then he's got Bo-Katan cries who's doing uh, target locky stuff, I'm going to guess, because that's her normal world. Somebody help me here. Somebody help me. Bo-Katan cries. Yasby can help me. While you perform an attack, if you're at range zero to one of the defender, you can reroll one attack die, which works at range zero uh, on range zero attacks, which is neat. Um, and it uh, then gives you that five dice horrible banger of a re of a of an attack, a native reroll. So you take a focus, and then on five dice, you're doing what four hits on average. Uh, seems solid. Seems solid. With a reroll, you're looking at three or four. Yeah. So, mm. and he's I one. I would have helped you out there, Polly, uh, but I kept thinking of the other Bo-Katan crew card, which I knew wasn't wasn't the one you were thinking of. So <laughs> just stayed silent, and let you suffer. The the other one, which is the Republic one, which is something to do with target locks. Um, it, there's a scum one as well. Oh, right. Let's let's just not get into Bo-Katan and all of her various iterations. Um, the one that matters is the one that gives you a reroll at range zero to one of the defender. So. There you go. If you really want to modify those range zero attacks, the way to do it is with Bo-Katan or with Dirge, actually, because, well, Dirge doesn't modify them, but he stops you modifying your uh, your defense dice with his uh, bang to rights or whatever it's called. Dead, Dead to, to rights. Right. Yeah. So can't modify your defense dice on a on a dead to right shot. Um, or with Gideon Hask. Those are the ways that you can mess about with range zero shots. There's not very many of them. Midnight. Uh, uh, cannot modify if you're locked so defense dice yeah you can't modify um basically anything that stops you modifying is fine you can't modify somebody's defense dice but you can stop them from modifying them because it's a separate effect 
So cool rules. Everybody loves a bit of rules chat, don't they? It's amazing. Um, yeah, on that, Sith Taker Open, if you've got any weird rules queries, then two things. First of all, guarantee me that you're going to use the interaction on the day uh, before you ask me the question. Um, if you don't, I might give you a game loss if I'm feeling naughty. Um, and then secondly, just send it over to me and give me time to actually read it. Don't spring it on me halfway through round three when there's three seconds left, and it's very important. Um, please. Again, I'll talk about this in email. And there are no bit... hypothetical questions about uh, Holdo. <laughs> oh, love that. I love that hypothetical question because rules are written, it works, but nobody thinks it should, except for one person who thinks it should, or two people um, who think it should definitely work. But yeah, rules is written, it works. So uh, yeah, and, until FFG say it, AMG, sorry, say it doesn't, then we're. We're fine with that one. That one doesn't need questioned. But if you ask me a question like, can you stack bombs on top of each other? Then I'll just say no. Not allowed. What's calling you? It is written in the rules now since the Carolina Crates made a habit of annoying all of the judges by asking really stupid questions. Um, can I theoretically stack bombs on top of each other, make an arch, and then pass the base of my ship under them? Would that trigger the bomb? Yes, yes, it would. Now shut up and go away. Um... But it doesn't say so in the rules. Okay. Oh, cool. It also doesn't say in the rules that you can't put your templates in front of your ships and see where they would put it. Um, but you're not allowed. So um, anyway, that's a thing from several years ago that's come back to haunt me just this evening. So um, on that note, I'm going to do round the houses and ask if anybody's got anything else they want to talk about or any shout outs. Uh, so Ben, have you been listening? Nothing else to shout out today. I've not really done much X-Wing, have we yet? Um, actually, just a shout out to everyone at the club. It was fun last Tuesday. Yeah, it was. Good laugh. Getting numbers up again, which is always good. Bad when we get odd numbers and somebody sits there playing Marvel Snap instead of playing X-Wing that they've come down for. But That's what well, you get for bringing your child. That. The what? That's what you get for bringing your child. <laughs> that was fun, to be that. fair, the moment we turned up, Rich, um, me and Johnny walked in together and Rich goes, Ah, Johnny! Do you want to show him how to play Legion? Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> no, Johnny offered. Johnny offered. In fairness to John, and it was very, very. I mean, it's put me in a proper situation as a father because my son now wants Legion, but he doesn't want to glue it or paint it. But um, he wants to play it. So now I'm looking at the cost of Legion and the time sink of gluing and painting models, and not just one set all of them forever so if anybody wants to donate a massive unwanted legion army to a nine-year-old kid then just yeah tell me bring it to the sith taker open we'll just give it to him it's fine um i haven't got any money but you know if you've got a pile of shame that's too big that you'd never want to get rid of it just do what uh, liam and adam did with their pokemon collections just hand it over it's fine <laughs> It's only a no. pile of shame if it's unpainted and unbuilt, mate. So it's useless receiving those. Oh yeah, true. I don't. I don't want sealed boxes of stuff. No, that that involves painting and gluing. Um, I right, uh, Liam, do you have any shout outs or anything else you want to talk about? Uh, boarding board, yeah. Luke. I, I don't sound like that, but yeah, I'd like to shout out boarding board, Uh. <laughs> And I'm going to shout out Steve Bolton for the event he's going to be running and hopefully not ruining with half a rule set. In Gloucester? 
in Gloucester, which has yeah. one of the best service stations I've ever been to. Is it that they do the same? They're, they're the same people that do the the T Bay one up in the Lake District, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I've been to it's both. It's it. incredibly middle class. I know. It's the only time I get to feel like that. <laughs> What's that plastic cutlery and then Angus beef burger and chips that are triple cooked and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, sounds good. And they have a, they've got, they've got a butchers. Look where butcher's Liam comes from. They batter the chips. <laughs> That's a real good. thing. Sounds good. Batter the chips. chips are amazing. <laughs> I have to say, they, they were nice, but I couldn't eat them all. They were, I started to feel a bit ill. <laughs> oh, if you have a full bag of them, it induces a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I actually thought that was a joke when the guy asked me if I wanted battered chips. And did you just say yes because you were a tourist and you felt like you should? Well, we were making fun of Liam because he obviously bought a little because that's who he is. And we, I thought that the, like, the guy behind the till was joining in and making fun of him. And he's like, oh, do you want the chips battered as well? And then he, when it comes to my turn, he asked again. I was like, oh. So they actually battered chips or is so it scraps? Not- is it scraps of batter put on top of the chips? They're kind of no. bad. I look at how you do it. You sort of put it in like a mix, don't you? Yeah, they put like this coating on it. Right. And then... It's not as thick just... as like a fish batter. Yeah, they just cook it and then this batter comes out orange when fully cooked. Okay. Which is where the orange chips comes from. So it is just battered chips. It's not scraps of batter. No, 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 no. But it's only partially battered, so you'll just get a couple of bits here oh and there. Goodness, I feel it's like, a, and I, know, I know there's no French people coming to the Sith Taker Open, but I feel like the next time French people come to Element, we need to like force them to eat some of our interesting local cuisines. Because the last time they all basically went for a curry at Mr. Ali's and the tins brought up like Cornish pasties and we're all like, how do you eat these? This is, I'll, I'll be full for a week um, and stuff. So it feels like we need to, you know, expose them to some of the more interesting British cuisines, like, you know, deep fried pizza and, and what and drinking wine correctly with water. For these things, because he, his face would be amazing. Yeah, just um, pure anger in his face. <laughs> I think it might be despair, actually, or you know, being French, he would just he would just shrug, swear at you, and quietly drink his nice wine in the corner by himself. I don't know. Um, I've got a bag of wine. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> in in America, yeah, a big box of American wine. He'll love that. Um, <laughs> so, so here's the, the the little bit of a shout out. Pifo reached out to me today to see if he could come on to the podcast, and uh, I said, "Oh yeah, come on tonight, mate." And he was busy, so he wasn't able to do so. Um, but um, he is going to come on over the next couple of weeks, and he's going to talk to us about uh, drumroll, please, an in-person XTC official launch. So, little bit of a trailer. I don't know anything other than that. We've known it was coming for a while. We've chatted about it and been a bit excited about it. But there's going to be an XTC-like in-person event. Um, so we're going to have an official announcement in the next couple of weeks. But for people that have listened for an hour and forty minutes to us, and at the drag end of the podcast, if you don't skip past this bit like you normally do to see what song Tim's puts at the end, then there's a little bit of a spoiler for you. So enjoy. Um, and on that note, I'm going to say goodbye Two to seconds. Ian.
Oh, oh, Tim, yes, go, go, what? Uh, so, obviously, I've uh, got my event on the 21st of January. Uh, Liam's still not bought his tickets, uh, so there are six tickets left. So if you want to make Liam sad, buy your tickets. And uh, I've got score pads and uh, Vector Squadron Creative uh, Exclusive Alt Art, so double-sided dirge and uh, second sister to give away to everybody. And don't not got lightsaber Yeah, one at a time. Have you not got lightsaber butt plugs again? Uh, <laughs> I actually do, <laughs> but, but 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 they are also misspelt ones, so I'm gonna have to sort something out. Last place, silt used something like that. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and I was gonna say, and you probably bring donuts as well because you usually do. Yeah. So, no, you have to because I've said. There's an, there's an expectation, <laughs> but no, it should be good. So there's there's 16 signed up, including myself, and I I am going to play. Um, and we have got space for 24. We will be doing four rounds. Uh, no cut, I believe. The winner can either choose a painted uh, ship from Enigma Wargaming or a copy of something else. I may bring along if they don't want the painted ship. And yeah, should be a good day. Loser yeah. gets a hug from me. I'm signed up. I'm going to have to bring a try-hard list so I can dodge that hug. <laughs> you get one anyway. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, you get a um... bum squeeze thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Ben. Bye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Was that, was that Toodles, Liam? Toodles. Oh, oh he's lost, is it? He's finally regressed into being a robot. There we go, toodles. <laughs> That's goodbye for me. Speak soon. Bye. Liam's mic and it's like <laughs> Roger, Roger. Honestly, I, I think that was literally just my voice. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that one tonight.